Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to From the Newsroom with the Holland Sentinel. I'm Arpan Lobo, and today I'm joined by city reporter Carolyn Meiskins and our development reporter Kate Carlson. And today we are podcasting about a recent issue that's come up in the Holland mayoral race and the city council race as well, ahead of the city election in November. A recent campaign flyer being distributed by Holland Mayor Nancy DeBoer and city council at-large candidate uh, Vicki Lynn Holmes contained language um, suggesting that expanding civil rights protections to the LGBT community in Holland would and would end up um, would result in discrimination against non-LGBT folks. Um, so the three of us uh, spent yesterday and uh, Tuesday even as well uh, doing a bit of research on this. We spoke to legal experts. We spoke to both the mayor and uh, Vicki Lynn Holmes. We spoke to um, advo- advocacy groups and we spoke to the uh, opposing candidates just trying to make sense of this story. Um, what the legal experts told us was that this suggestion that the civil rights of others would be infringed upon by expanding the civil rights protections to the LGBT community was found to be false. And so today we are just kind of trying to make sense of this entire story and explain our process from when we were alerted to the flyer and to publishing the story. So I guess, uh, Carolyn, I'll ask you first. We, we were sent a few vague letters, I believe, on Tuesday just kind of addressing the flyers but didn't attach the flyer or anything. Um, just kind of going into here's what's being said and this is why certain Holland residents didn't agree with this. Um, then we got the flyer. We, three of us and our editor, Sarah Leach, we kind of went over our plan of reporting. But the language in the letter was found to be false. Um, could you just kind of explain uh, for the listeners where our, our kind of thought process with going through the reporting the story and uh, what we kind of found out on the way? Well, um, it's definitely been an ongoing issue in this election um, so it definitely was important for us to tackle for readers. Um, it's been an issue in the election throughout all of the forums that we've had with the different candidates. And it's been one of the key divides between that's set the candidates apart. Um, Holmes and Mayor DeBoer have both not really answered questions as to whether they would support expanding LGBT protections, whereas the other two candidates have definitively said, yes, they would support. Um, So we definitely felt like it was an important issue to look into. And when we got this flyer, it 
had some claims about how legal, how uh, cases, court cases work with civil rights cases, um, essentially saying in a civil rights case, the person who is accused of discrimination is guilty until proven innocent. And there's a, a shift of the burden of proof so that the accused has to prove that they were not discriminating rather than the other way around. And this was one of the things the candidates said that they were concerned about is that it, it's, it's an unfair system. But we had some questions about that. And so we kind of fact checked that. And Arpan, you were actually the one who fact checked it with, uh, What's the exact term? The Office of Civil Rights? Uh, yes. And the ACLU? The, the Michigan Department of Civil Rights and a, an attorney from the LGBT project at the ACLU of so Michigan. Maybe you would be the best person to answer the question of how did they explain this burden of proof shift? Is there any truth to what they were saying about that shift? Well, there are um, in, in discrimination cases, there a an attorney, actually the director of the uh, Bureau of the Legal Offices over the Department of Civil Rights told me that for most of the case, the burden of proof is on the uh, party that brings the complaint, the party that's mm-hmm. saying that they're being discriminated against. It does shift at certain points, but for the most part, it's on the um, accusing party. And the assumption that if, if someone were to just say, oh, I'm being discriminated against, that immediately the uh, party that they're accusing would be the presumed guilty. Both the, both the attorneys told me that that just wasn't true, that it was illogical. Um, and so that, that was something that um, people, Holland residents already were kind of calling out in the, in the, in the flyer. Um, Kate, I want to bring you in on this. The, uh, the flyer itself, it was a bit interesting. It was, it, it it said it was paid for by both of the campaigns. Um, could you just kind of describe like what it sort of looked like? Yeah. First of all, I just want to point out that um, the the kind of language used in the flyer by Vicki Holmes and Mayor Nancy DeBoer, it's not really all that different from what they've already said publicly in the past mm-hmm. at some of these um, campaign forums like Right. Held by the League of Women Voters. As recently as September, yeah, I believe. Um, it's, so, yeah, it's really not that different from their responses that they've had to those kinds of questions about LGBTQ issues. Um, but I think the main reason why we wanted to write this story, I just wanted to point out, is just that it, it's a little more meaningful when you kind of put something down on paper sure. and distribute it to people right. and advertise that. Um I guess more as your view other than just you reacting to a question during a forum. Yeah. It, it was described in some of the letters as a position paper. Yeah. Like it's laying out their arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to point that out as another reason of why we felt it was important to do this story. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I think distributed at freedom village yes. retirement um, and assisted living facility and I don't think they distributed it at the previous League of Women Voters Forum, which you were at our panel. We discussed on here. Too. No, I, did, I didn't. It might have been there, but okay. I did not yeah. catch that at either of the kind of like uh, campaign tables at um, the original event at the end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it definitely and we hadn't received any uh, emails about it until uh, people were saying they got it at Freedom Village. Right. Um, 
What are some of the kind of responses to the story you guys have noticed so far on social media? I know we've gotten a lot of people um, kind of disagreeing with specifically mostly the mayor, uh, I think just because she's currently in office. Um, Is there any other things that have stuck out to you guys? Well, uh, on Twitter, I I tweeted the article out this morning um, and a few different people uh, have caught on to it. Some people disagree with the language used uh, in in the flyer. Um, One of the responses on our Holland Sentinel Twitter account, and um, if if you haven't read the article, it's on our website currently. It's up and live. But one of the responses on our Twitter account accused the mayor and uh, candidate Holmes of gaslighting. for those of you that don't know what it means, it's kind of in, in simple terms um, from why, what I understand. It's, it's speaking something that necessarily isn't true, but speaking it as if it is true. Um, and so that was one of the um, responses that I kind of caught on because I hadn't thought of that while we were reporting on it on the uh, concept of gaslighting. And looking at it, I believe you could classify this as gaslighting. Um, there was a lot on our Facebook a post there were comments about sort of the in the in the flyer the there's language about um sexual orientation being a self-identified thing mm-hmm. and uh kate i believe you talked to someone at the grand rapids pride center about how saying self-identity or, or saying saying sexual orientation is self-identified basically says it's um a person's choice and we know that not to be true right. um i don't think that's a controversial statement saying that uh, sexuality isn't a choice, but in in the flyer, it's posed as so. Um, and so people in our Facebook post were quick to point out that religion, which is a protected class, is also self-identified. I spoke to Sylvia Elliott at the Michigan Department of Civil Rights, and she told me that in these cases, everything is self-identified from your race to your gender to your religion. Um, so I think people were quick to point that out. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring up really quick, too, uh, I spoke with someone from the Grand Rapids Pride Center, and they really just highlighted kind of what you just said, too, of how the mayor's language of um, the mayor and Holmes's language in the flyer using the term self-identified really does, like you just pointed out, kind of that's just them saying that this is a choice someone's making. Um, and the director of the Pride Center in Grand Rapids was saying um, that kind of language makes it so less people are going to move to a place like Holland. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not in the LGBTQ community, a lot of people who are allies um, really take issue with that today, especially younger people, which is the kind of people that Holland is trying to attract for a lot of reasons. So he pointed out that that's really dangerous for any leader of a city to say publicly. So I wanted to explain or talk a little bit about what um, Vicki Lynn Holmes and Mayor DeBoer said when I talked to them about the flyer and about some of these issues Um, and just kind of bring back one of the other issues that they had in the flyer, which had to do with the self-identified aspect. Um, so Vicki Lynn Holmes, when, when asked more in depth about this question, she kind of said she wanted to be able to support the expansion of protections, but couldn't, but had all these concerns. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And she said that she was concerned that anyone could just say, I'm gay, you know, and without any proof. That was her concern. Um, but Arpan, you talked to the civil rights department, right? And they told you that there is a number of things that you have to prove in a discrimination case, right? Right. To even bring on a discrimination case, you have to point out several uh several reasons as to why your case would be valid from a, the point, for example, for an employment case, say there's a job posted and you're not hired despite you thinking you're qualified and you think that because it's for a uh, protected reason, mm-hmm. um, you have to prove that in several steps. And the accused party can always uh, just shift onto something else. Like, for example, if there's a position for a statistician and it's unfilled and a candidate thinks perhaps they are a person of color and they think that they went unhired because of that, they would have to prove explicitly that they weren't hired because of a person of color. The statistics company can always say, oh, we want someone with a PhD in math, not just a master's in math. It's it's very – discrimination cases aren't common um, or maybe – I don't want to say that. Let me rephrase that. They're not easy I, like right, right, right. There, there's a lot of uh, things that uh, ha- th- that have to be considered in these cases. It's not just so much if I say I'm being discriminated against, and then the accused party is immediately found guilty. It's it's a very difficult, and there's a lot of very difficult situation. There's a lot of gray area, and mm-hmm. and, and another thing that both both of the candidates said, you know, they have talked a lot about how. They want to emphasize that they are welcoming and supportive of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that their concerns are not like total opposition, but they want they they said that they want the community to be discussing these issues before they come to any decision. Um, but I want to ask you, Kate. I know that you did some research. I mean. There are other places in Michigan where mm-hmm. these protections have been in place, so it wouldn't be like Holland would have to break totally new ground and figure all these things out necessarily. Yeah, that's another untrue thing that I've heard the mayor say is that they have to wait from the state first to pass some kind of local legal protection. Uh, Michigan is one of 30 states without LGBT anti-discrimination laws, according to the latest data I could find. Um, so that's not extended to people on a state level, but places as close to us as Saugatuck, Douglas, and Grand Rapids have, um, some kind of protection for people of different sexual orientations and gender identities that fall into the LGBTQ community. It's not by any means unheard of. It's not super common in the state, but it's definitely something that communities are doing on their own and that, like we've been talking about has been discussed a lot in Holland here. Um, I also want to point out too, that when uh, Vicki Holmes and the mayor say that they're supportive of people in the LGBTQ community, but they're not willing to pass these protections. I asked the Grand Rapids uh, pride center director about that. And he said that there's no way to have it both ways. Um, Because if you are fired from your job and you're gay and that you really strongly think that that's why 
like them saying we're supportive of you holds no teeth. That doesn't mean anything at the end of the day without any kind of formal policy. I, w- I would have to agree with that statement. Um, just just speaking from from what I perceive this as, um, it 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 does seem like a thing you cannot have both ways. Um, and the easiest way to show your support would be to uh, endorse this kind of uh, the policy. Right. I know in 2011, which was eight years ago, um, that is a very long time in a political sense. Uh, Mayor DeBoer was one of the uh, council members who voted against expanding the protections to um, include civil rights protections to include uh, uh, the LGBT community. and um, Which did ultimately fail. Yes, it, it it was it was voted down five to four. Had she voted the other way, it would have passed, mm-hmm. um, from what I understand. And on September 30th at the League of Women Voters Forum, both uh, Mayor DeBoer and her uh, opposing candidate, Nathan Box, were asked the same question, would you endorse that language? Now, uh, Box uh, unequivocally said yes, and, and Mayor DeBoer kind of skirted around the question, and she did bring up that she did not want to impose on the personal freedoms of other uh, people in the community, which um, hasn't been founded to be something that would happen. I, I, I spoke to uh, Box yesterday um, before writing the story, and he, he did say that um, in his personal experience, he has seen a air of discrimination in, in Holland. Um, Kate, you alluded to that people may not feel comfortable um, living or, or working in the city if they feel that this discrimination is there. And we'll, the city has talked um, often about attracting the best talent. Um, and that, that includes people of different orientations and sexualities. It's not right. and different gender identities. It's not limited to a certain type of people. People of talent come in all different forms. And I think that um, I, I, I'd have to agree when, pe- when people say that this is something that if the city were to move forward with, it, it could deliver on a lot of promise and show their kind of um, forward thinking. But I, I don't think that the language in the flyer um, is helpful. Then again, again, it could just be something Mayor DeBoer has won re-election, I believe, in 2017 and she won in 2015. I wasn't here at the time. This could be the type, this, this could just be a continuation of what she said then. Um, but ahead of an election, I don't think that um, this is a way of showing that Holland is open to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just take issue with the fact of claiming you support those issues and then not being able to back that up with any meaningful policy change or anything that would help people in the LGBTQ community. Right. Carolyn, you, you spoke to uh, Vicki Holmes yesterday mm-hmm. um, and she said she did want to, she, she wanted to encourage people to start a dialogue. Right. Yeah. She talked a lot about let's have a conversation about this. Let's have a community wide dialogue. Um, I mean, I'm sure this flyer has started one. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a community conversation <laughs> now for sure. Um, yeah, she she also said she invites people to sit down with her and discuss her thoughts on it. Um, uh, sorry. Do, do you do you think that perhaps it might have been uh, a better strategy to perhaps start that dialogue before putting out campaign language like this? 
one would think. Um, I question by all of the untrue and misleading false statements in the flyer if I wonder if they ever considered or maybe they have reached out to local LGBTQ centers in the area. I wonder if they've ever done any research like that. Have they ever talked to someone, a gay person or anyone in the LGBTQ community about these issues? It it seems very, very short-sighted, not only in a political sense, but just in an ethical sense to distribute campaign um, material like this Mm -hmm. um, without perhaps doing a thorough background check. And I know when when you spoke to Mayor DeBoer at last night's city council meeting, we're recording this on a Thursday, so that was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. She did say, I believe, um, that different lawyers have different opinions, but McDonald yeah. uh, Douglas, uh, the framework, which I referred to earlier, that's been in place since the 1970s and when you're deciding a discrimination case. So I'm a bit skeptical on the whole different lawyers have different opinions thing. They might, but a judge probably values one opinion over another uh, in a hypothetical situation. One more thing I wanted to ask you about, Carolyn, and and, um, yesterday um, when you spoke to Mayor DeBoer about this, she said that she was worried about expanding uh, LGBT protections. Mm -hmm. It would dilute other civil rights. And I I think that's it's important that we talk about this because, uh, frankly, I I don't think that's a proper – thing for a, a, a city leader to say. Um, I don't think expanding protections to people would hurt anybody. She, um, she talked about the, the the Civil War and people who died for the civil rights that were put in place for you know African Americans and seemed seemed concerned that it seemed to make kind of a slippery slope argument of what what other groups might ask for civil rights if we let LGBT groups in. And I would just, I guess, say that when I spoke with Lynn Raymond, she said, you know, this this is an argument that's been made before when civil rights were in the works, you know, that it's a it's a slippery slope and that's <laughs> right and and Lynn Raymond is is running against uh Vicky right, Lynn Holmes right, for sorry. that at large uh, city council seat it it does the slippery slope argument does seem like sort of a a traditional go to um even though that that that's not i i personally think that's a fallacy um providing protections to a certain group of people who are in the Holland community. They might, you know, it might be difficult Mm -hmm. for um, people of different orientations and identities to express themselves in the community because they might feel a potential air of discrimination. Um, And we had a a letter writer specifically point out that, like, this is a really at-risk group. This group feels the effects of discrimination um, with a higher suicide rate and... uh, difficulties that come with that yes so so the election is on november 5th thanks to uh voter initiatives passed in 2018 you can still register to vote you can still request an absentee ballot and you can um i believe you can request an absentee ballot right up until the day of the election you do not have to provide a reason for it as long as you're a registered voter in the city of holland 
Um, so before before we sign off, was there anything else you guys wanted to mention, maybe about the situation or the race um, a, as a whole? And I believe there will be one more forum for the uh, city council candidates taking yes. place later this month. Yeah. Um, um, I just wanted to bring up, uh, in terms of people who are maybe in the LGBTQ community or even just allies of those kinds of causes, um, I see, and not wanting to move to a more considered conservative area like Holland because of things that happen like this. Um, that's something I see myself, like, when I tell my friends that I work in Holland, like, I think we all live in Grand Rapids and there is that stigma there. Like I live I say, in Holland now. Yeah, sorry. I didn't <laughs> um, but, but when I say, yes. like, where I work, people always have that kind of reaction. So I don't know. This is something that's actually affecting the way the city looks. Um, mm, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen anything like that either, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, also, yeah, just make sure you vote in the November 5th election. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, once again, this is from the newsroom of the Holland Sentinel. You can catch us on Spotify, our website, wherever you may get your podcast feed. Uh, for Kate Carlson and Carolyn Meiskins, I'm Arpen Lobo. Thanks again. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.